gentlemen to another episode of living the stream i'm jj zacharyson the late round quarterback and as always i am joined by my lovely lovely co-host denny carter denny what's going on buddy i uh feel like my tilt my week five tilt has been counteracted by a particularly good haircut that i received recently it's true. So. this is true you you i'm, I'm sitting we're doing video chat today I'm looking at you. My instant reaction, I even said to you, you look like Macklemore right now. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. So I told I told the, you know, I don't want to say barber. I don't know, hairstylist. I don't know what to call her. But I was like, you can make it short. And she made it short. I mean, look at my the sides of my hair, dude. The sides are short. The sides are They're short. Super short. Yeah. I need a haircut really bad. I don't think I'm going to do that. But I need a haircut bad. <laughs> I'll but still, you can I'll, I'll but still you, go fancier than than usual. Yeah, but like if you leave some length on top, yeah, and get short on, the, I think I think you could you could look like legit. I don't know. Not man. that you don't already look legit. I don't know, man. I sent you. I, I showed you a picture of me on Saturday. I was I was all tucked up, ready to go. You look good. Yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah, so you you went to a uh, you went to a wedding in New Orleans, right? Yeah, one of my best friends got married. It was he's Indian, so it was a two two day event, right? Mm-hmm. So we they have their sangeet where I wore a, a kurta on Friday, which I looked mm-hmm. super flying. By the way, that thing is amazing. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, you did. So amazing. <laughs> and then you so they like do performances and stuff like the family it's so cool it was such a cool experience like both families like do performances basically for the bride and groom and then um my buddy it was in a a an acapella group in college that was like really big within the indian community called pen masala Mm -hmm. and uh they performed they did five five songs which was great to see them performing and because they hadn't been together for a while um and then the next day they had a 400 person wedding and reception in new orleans so do you think that you'll be over your hangover by friday or dude do you think it's, you'll it's, still it's have been it? rough it's been rough it's very <laughs> difficult uh, monday i realized that from like when i when when i have a double a, like if i'm drinking twice in one uh-huh. weekend rather than just like like i can do a one-off that's fine but mm-hmm. if i'm drinking twice in a weekend any i don't get rid of my hangover until i go for a run on monday uh Look, man, that gets worse as you get older. I mean, I I'm gonna say that there's a turning point around 30 where you're like, oh my god, like it two like back to back uh, uh, drinking days, and I'm in the ground. I'm dead. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was rough. Uh, it was very rough. But even like one heavy drinking situation, and I like three days later, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling bad. Be- I'm feeling a little better. Today. <laughs> it's like just Dude, it ridiculous. Was, it was so bad. So we like. They had like an open bar at the wet, at the reception and stuff, but then they had a, an open bar at a bar that was after the reception, and we had a wow. flight. We had a flight at like eleven, so it wasn't it wasn't like I couldn't function the next day. I was definitely hungover though going to the airport. But we get on our we get on our flight, and one of my friends had a flight out of New Orleans at seven a.m. So his plan was just to not sleep, 
and he was he was drinking and amanda and i are sitting on our flight and i look up and on onto our plane he doesn't even live in charlotte he lives in pittsburgh onto our plane comes my buddy just walking on the plane and i look at him i'm like what the heck are you doing on this and i then he he was too far away so we had a text he apparently missed his flight had to, uh, had to spend another extra like 340 bucks to get another flight to, and it just happened to be going through Charlotte. So we got on our flight, but that's the kind of experience that, that we had this weekend. Right. Right. It was, uh, it was, it was epic. It sounded epic. Uh, I I'll say this just about open bars at weddings. If, if, uh, if anybody out there is having a wedding anytime soon or engaged and you're really agonizing over whether to do this or that, or this or that with your, you know, with the money that you have allocated for the wedding, uh, my suggestion would be, and you know, maybe I'm alone on this, would be to do whatever it takes to get an open bar. Yeah. Because even if everything else is lackluster, nobody will care. Totally. There's an open bar. Trust me on this. Trust me. I've been to other weddings that have been kind of, yeah, well, you know, the food's not very good, and this and that. The venue's not great. But hey, it was an open bar, so oh my god, I have great memories of it. Or little memory of it and it was fantastic everybody enjoyed it i totally i could not agree more you you need i mean look some people aren't into binge drinking i get it i understand (laughs) it. what's wrong with them but yeah yeah but what is wrong with you uh no i mean look everyone has a great time uh the the band the band that they had this way i'm usually not a band guy either i'm usually a Mm -hmm. dj guy right uh but the band they had there was apparently like grammy award winning Wow, like, really? And they were so disgustingly good. It was just such a good weekend, such a fun time. And then I came home and I played in the Living the Stream League and I played against uh, Thielen and LaFell <laughs> in the same freaking lineup against me. And that's literally the reason that I lost is because of a, a backup wide receiver in Minnesota and Brandon effing LaFell. I mean, it was it was awful. Yeah, if this look if week six goes bad for us, then I would suggest deleting this league because yeah, I know I agree. Our, our our listener league, man, I've I've lost so many close games and like it's just getting the tilt is out. My team is bad, but it's not like god awful. Um, and, and I mean like I have Zeke, uh, I had Keenan Allen that that was fun while it lasted. Have yeah. have Marvin the Goat. I mean like things mm-hmm. are things aren't terrible. It's just that I play against like who plays Brandon LaFell. In that spot, who is playing Brandon LaFell against the Cowboys? Who? I, dude, who? that's that's tough luck. I I my my tough luck tilt this week was playing against Venetary in three leagues. Oh my gosh. And I couldn't believe kicker. it. Oh, I was tilted. I was like I was like, no when he got up to like twelve points, I was like, Okay, well, he had a he had a nice solid day. And then it was like sixteen and then twenty. And I was like, Wait, what? What's happening? And it was twenty three. And I was like, I, is this? Am I looking at? Did my computer malfunction? <laughs> right. right. Is, it, is it some sort of ticker going up just automatically? Yeah. I was like, no, this can't. I was like refreshing to see if it was going to correct itself and come back to a reasonable number. But it was twenty three points. Yeah, that was that was absolutely absurd as well. Uh, some some pretty crazy performances, but things for me at least, I feel like things have at least normalized a bit since the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Right. Like to me, like I don't know, I don't know if you listeners disagree, if Denny, if you disagree. But it seems to me that after the first two weeks of the season, I felt like I had no idea what was going on. And since then, things have felt right. 
uh, we're still the dog sipping coffee in the fi- room full of fire, but the fire has has calmed down a little bit. The flames have right. Have, the firefighters uh, might have just shown up and they started to get a little bit of the fire out. But little, I mean, look, little do we know. We don't know how that story ends for that dog, Denny. Uh, well, there's a continuation uh, oh, a cartoon where he freaks out and he says something like, "I didn't have to let this get as bad as it as it did. Why didn't I?" You know, why didn't I act beforehand? And uh, his eyes bulge out of his head. It's very disconcerting, actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like the ultimate 2016 cartoon, I feel like. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, Denny. Well, before we get into what happened last week, we do have a sponsor of this episode. Would you like to talk about that? We do have a sponsor. It's uh, dailyfantasycafe.com. I... I don't know if you know this, JJ, but I have kicker takes, and they go on dailyfantasycafe.com. Um, the site has more than kicker takes, though. It has a bunch of really great tools you can sign up for today. It has uh, what's called a stack generator where you can uh, check out quarterback and, and pass catcher pairings from across the DFS slate and then take those pairings and insert them into – uh, an optimized lineup, uh, so it's a it's a really helpful thing if you have a certain st- uh, stack in mind. They have a a tool that lets you look at line movement, at Vegas over unders, at red zone opportunity inside the twenty, and then inside the ten snap counts, schedule targets. It just has pretty much everything. So dailyfantasycafe.com, and if you uh, sign up today, use the coupon code, the promo code, living the stream. For a seven-day free trial, plus a fifty percent off the first month special, uh, so that's living living the stream, all one word for for that trial and for the half off the first month. Sweet. Uh, so looking at last week, uh, I'm going to describe it as not great, Bob. Uh, I, it was it was definitely uh, kind of a regression for us after the week prior being so strong. Carson Wentz, our top quarterback streamer, put up about 17 fantasy points, which is fine. You know, high-end QB2, low-end QB1 numbers. Uh, that's that's perfectly fine. Um, but then the debacle of Monday Night Football happened. And Dang. Derek Anderson had every opportunity in the world to be a QB1 this week. Literally every opportunity. Him and – I mean – how he he scores five and a half fantasy points when Greg Olson has like six thousand yards? I have no clue how that occurs. If you would have shown me before the game, if you would have shown me Greg Olson's end of game stat line, I and said how how did Anderson do? You know, judging from that, I would have said minimum seventeen fantasy points. Minimum, minimum. minimum. It was it, the the red zone opportunities all went to Cameron or to to Artis Payne. Uh, the, the interception he threw to Greg Olson in the end zone was just disgusting. Um, I think the process was right though. I really do. I know that, that we talk about this all the time. I think the process was right. He, he played, you know, between the twenties, he wasn't awful. Uh, he certainly missed some passes, but it was when he got to the red zone, he threw that interception, they were handing the ball off. I mean, we got to see what it's like for, for running backs in Carolina uh, in the red zone without Cam Newton. They were actually able to score touchdowns. But, look, Tampa Bay is still a target, I think, each and every week. Uh, they're, they're, they're off this week, so we can't target them. But I still do think at the end of the day that, that Derek Anderson was a right process call. It just didn't pan out. Uh, he was at home. He had a nice – they had a nice implied total. Uh, that secondary – it's bad, okay? Like, it's not good, and we'll continue, like you said, to target them. I, I don't really understand, except for that Anderson just played, like, absolutely 
absolute garbage. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and that game itself just didn't go the way that I thought. I thought it was going to be a little higher scoring, but when when you when you get you know on one side of the ball, Jameis Winston was missing pass a uh, uh, pass and pass and pass. I mean, he just he kept missing them, right? Like <laughs> he he pass after pass after pass. It was just. Uh, you know, missing Mike Evans by by a foot, or or missing even Cameron Brait by a foot. I mean, it was just very very tilting from that, and I think that that just created a a very poor game script. And they also inexplicably, well, I guess not inexplicably because they won the freaking game, but they gave Jaquiz Rogers thirty carries. So uh, that that was not predictable from that standpoint. And the fact that Jaquiz was able to get push on that Carolina front seven, um, I mean, he played well. Like you can't even. He he was able to get the yards needed. He had a very high success rate against them. He didn't break any big any big runs, but he was just very consistent. And that's a horrible, horrible game script for the opposing offense. Yeah, uh, I think that you saw how little the Bucks trust Winston when they ran it on th- on third yeah. and nine. Yeah, late late in the game. I I I think obviously like the nightmare is having to go to a pass first approach for that team because. He's so inaccurate throwing beyond like five yards, really. Yeah, yeah it's not good right now. Um, and then we also had Paxton Lynch only scored about 13 fantasy points. Another sort of disaster. I mean, we only had Paxton. Simeon didn't go. Um, Simeon's just better than, than Paxton Lynch. Uh, it, it's Paxton Lynch isn't ready. That matchup was really good. Um, and, and the game script was even good for him for the most part. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta was moving the ball. It's just that they couldn't do anything offensively. So he scores about 13 fantasy points. But then there's Brian Hoyer who puts up about 24 fantasy points. We'll get to more, or we'll, we'll talk about more talk. Sorry. Talk about him more in a bit. I'm still, I'm yeah. still nursing the hangover guys. Uh, and, and, but, but Brian Hoyer, man, he's been, he's been killing it for Chicago. So that was mm-hmm. easily our best recommendation last week, despite the fact that we did say that we liked Derek Anderson on Twitter more than, than Brian Hoyer. We we're transparent here, guys. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna lie to you. It was I still, I, yeah, God, man. But I mean, Hoyer's matchup was nice. He took advantage. He did. Uh, tight ends, uh, were apocalyptic. We had Cameron. <laughs> We had we had Cameron Brait who had so the best tilt last night was was when the one guy messaged you and talked about he's you know was tilting to Cameron Brait because he hadn't caught a pass yet and then literally seconds after he sent that tweet to you Cameron Brait catches a thirty eight yard pass down the sideline so that's all he got yep. he had four point eight PPR fantasy points but that happened which actually is 4.8 points were like tight end i mean like mid tight end two numbers cuz tight ends tight end is such a dumpster fire right now it was you know with Brait, uh i there was one guy who told me that he needed one point from Brait to win and i was seriously afraid that he was not going to get it and that was chew, that was eating at me worse than anything last night was the prospect of this listener this poor poor trusting listener Playing Cameron Bray and not getting that point that he needed for the win, and when he caught that, <laughs> I seriously was was so relieved. I couldn't even. I mean, I I the only thing that was better for me last night was when Evans caught that touchdown, and suddenly I found myself shirtless in my neighbor's backyard. <laughs> can I tell you? Thing. Can I tell you a fantasy douche story? Not not the person, but me being a fantasy douche. Uh, yeah. Adam Humphreys. I started him in a league this week just because I needed a spot. It was just a random spot start, right? I was down by like one and a half points or something like that going into last night. And when he caught his first pass, which was early in the game, he caught his first pass. I was down by 0.04 after that mm. pass. The only reason I won was because he was the one who caught that two point conversion. 
<gasps> no. Yeah, that's the only reason I won. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. Which, I mean, look, I deserve to... I mean, Adam Humphrey should catch more than one pass in a freaking game, but... It was still very, very tilting. Uh, fortunately, he got that. And it was like the early fourth or late third or something, so I was able to at least watch the rest of that game fairly tilt-free. There, there, was, there was a time, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Adam Humphreys, uh, when, the, when the Bucks offense ran through Adam Humphreys. That, that's right. There was a time. There was a time. That matchup was great. Look, the Carolina secondary is trash. Drew Brees is going to light them up this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then defense. Defense is actually fine. I had a lot of people hit us up, or hit me up at least, I think you as well, about um, the Miami defense, but they scored a touchdown, so it wasn't it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, I don't think I'm going to want to trust Miami's defense again this year because they're really bad, uh, especially a lot of it also has to do with the fact that they're really bad offensively, and it sets them up in really yeah. poor situations. So they scored five fantasy points, not a killer. The Steelers at home did what we pretty much thought that they would do against the Jets. Didn't get a touchdown or anything. Didn't get that big play. Put up seven fantasy points. Also didn't kill you. So defense was fine. Quarterback was below average. Tight end, you can throw it in the trash and spit all over it and never talk about it again. <laughs> you throw it in the trash and pour your, your IPA over it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. All right, Denny, we're on to week six. Give us a defensive streamer. Uh, I like the Lions. Give me the Lions defense. 96% available uh, on in ESPN leagues. Uh, Detroit has uh, scored seven fantasy points in both of its home games this year, uh, and they're playing against the Rams. I should mention, you know what? When you talk about a streamer, you should mention the opponent, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and do that and say that the Lions are playing the Los Angeles Rams, um, which still feels, feels weird to say. The, uh, the Rams are giving up 11 fantasy points per game through five weeks, which is the fourth worst. Um, digging a little deeper into you know, sort of what they're giving up, uh, opponents are averaging two and a half sacks per game against L.A., uh, along with uh, one interception per game. Uh, Case Keenum, so I did a, a little game split uh, uh, experiment on the great Case Keenum. And um, in, in losses uh, throughout his career, he throws .9 interceptions per game, so basically one pick per game. When his team loses by four points or more, uh, they, that, that number jumps to one and a half picks per game. And Detroit is a three and a half point favor right now, which was like shockingly low to me. But, um, yeah, so, you know, if you think Detroit has a good chance of winning this, then you have a good chance of getting at least one case Keenum interception. And, uh, I think the, the lines are for, you know, I mean, I was looking at the slate today, uh, earlier this afternoon. They seem like a really standout defensive option this week. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that they're in a really good spot. The other one that I think we need to talk about, very low-owned as well, is Tennessee. They're coming off a great performance against Miami. Um, you know, we haven't seen a crazy bad performance from them since week one where they scored zero fantasy points against Minnesota. Minnesota, we now know, is one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. They're facing a Browns team that will more than likely have Cody Kessler under center. I know that... Josh McCown uh, is 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 coming back to practice, but they released Charlie Whitehurst today, uh, which just means that one of those two quarterbacks is playing, and I think that there's a better bet that it's Kessler, uh, just given the fact that, that McCown is a little ahead of schedule and he's coming off that collarbone injury. Even if McCown's playing and coming off that collarbone injury, I'm okay with playing the, the Titans' defense just because he's coming off that injury. Um Defensive rankings against the Brown, Browns this year, you had uh, 3rd, ninth, 18th, 
which is the Dolphins, who we talked about suck, 11th and 6th. So very, very good defensive performances against this Browns uh, team. And then just you look at Vegas. Tennessee's a big seven-point favorite at home with a fairly low over-under. They're checking every box imaginable. Um, I, I think just Tennessee's in a, in a really, really good spot too as well. You know, Unlike last week, I do think that this week uh, provides uh, a, a, a reasonable amount of, of streaming options. You could still go back to Pittsburgh if you wanted to, even though they're on the road. Yeah. But they're playing against Miami. Uh, there, there are some, you know, Buffalo's still out on your waiver wire. Uh, I saw that they were owned in more leagues than I, than I thought that they were owned in, but um, Buffalo is a great matchup. There's a lot of good matchups out there, but I think from a true streaming perspective, from an ownership standpoint, Tennessee and Detroit are the are the two clear defenses that you want to target off your waiver wire this week. Yeah, home favorites are really you know yeah. where it's at when it comes to streaming defenses, but Pittsburgh probably has as high a ceiling as anybody this week. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, Denny, quarterback time. Who you got? Uh, Trevor Simeon. And the reason I want that is because I, I'm desperate. I'm thirsty for that Thursday night island game tilt. Thirsty for <laughs> thirsty for Simeon. I'm thir- I I want I want my the quarterback that I recommend to go into halftime with uh eighty five yards and a and a pick. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm, Denny Denny just wants to live that live yeah. that uh that island game tilt. No, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the island game, the, an island game like uh, Eli Manning had, uh, was it last year, two years ago, against Washington? Oh yeah, the Washington one that was amazing. Amazing, God. Um, so he's, uh, he's available in uh, 88% of leagues. Uh, only, let's see, only two teams uh, uh, give up more passing yards than San Diego, uh, who the Broncos are playing, obviously. And San Diego has allowed two passing touchdowns in every game this year, except for uh, against Indianapolis with the Colts starting their second best quarterback named Andrew Luck. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, they're you're pretty consistent. So two passing touchdowns in every game, but one and the Broncos are road favorites with the second highest implied total of any away team for week six. Uh, and Simeon was playing fine, playing perfectly good streaming type quarterbacking before his injury right uh yeah. even that game where he got injured he started that game with 70 yards and a touchdown right off the bat right uh in the first quarter so he was on he was on his way to a, another really really solid uh start for the broncos and uh i like him again i think we'd both agree though that he's the deeper play of the three tonight right or at least at least i mean he's not our number one no he's not our number one He's not a number one. We'll say that. I'll get to the other two guys right now really quick. The number one is our boy, Alex Jesus Smith. Yeah. Uh, guys, you got to pick him up right now, like right now, this week, because the next four weeks are amazingly beautiful um, for this this Kansas City offense. I hope that they don't blow it. I hope that they don't ruin their schedule because it's Alex Smith. Uh, I actually wrote about that in my 15 transactions. My intro was about – remember in the – the movie Big Daddy, whenever he's going into the his apartment and they all yell surprise, and then we wasted the good surprise. Yeah, we wasted we wasted the good surprise on you. And I like almost kind of feel that with Alex Smith because like the schedule's so perfect, but he's gonna ruin it for for everyone. Um, but he's facing Oakland in Oakland this week. The Chiefs are only one point underdogs on the road, which is good to see. Uh, there's a 47 point over under, great over under for the game. <clears throat> Oakland ranks 29th. 
and schedule adjusted defensive passing net expected points. That's a number fire metric. Basically, they're the fourth worst pass defense in the league. They've given up 22 or more fantasy points to Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, and Phillip Rivers. The only player, the only quarterback they face that they haven't given up that many fantasy points to is Marcus Mariota, who's obviously struggled a lot this year. Um, you know, I just I, I think as usual, this just sets up as a game for Alex Smith where He's going to probably have a decent floor. You might not want to watch it if you're streaming him because Alex Smith is not fun. I mean, we, we saw that against Pittsburgh. It's not it's not a delightful experience. But at the same time, I don't think that it's going to be a game. Like, I don't think the Raiders are capable to do what the Steelers did against Kansas City, right? Like, I don't – especially Kansas City coming off a bye. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't see how Oakland – I mean, famous last words. But I, I don't see how – Oakland would just destroy Kansas City in a divisional game like this. No, I, I don't, don't see it. No one has. I mean, no one has been stopped except for Marcus Mariota, who might not be good. Uh, no one has been stopped by this Oakland defense. They've given up seventeen, almost seventeen hundred passing yards this season. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. So, and and look, and the the Oakland offense is playing well. Derek Carr, <laughs> my 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 arch nemesis. Um, only in my world, not his. <laughs> right. Um, he, he's been balling out, man. He's playing really good football, and, and that helps opposing offenses. If, if you can, Especially because if, if you can create splash plays, that's great because it gives the opposing offense a lot more opportunity. So we love Alex Smith. He's the number one streamer this week. If you can pick him up, I have a feeling that we're not going to be able to even recommend him next week because his ownership is going to be too high. Really? Um, so this is, this is going to be the week that Alex Smith – uh, get them now, and you can kind of ride them for the next four weeks. That's perfect for a quarterback streamer. The other one that I want to talk about is very interesting. I think that everyone knows who it's going to be, probably, but I'm not as optimistic as I, nearly as optimistic as I am about Alex Smith. And that's Brian Hoyer. It's a little surprising because over the, since week three, Denny, over the last three weeks, only Big Ben and Matt Ryan have more fantasy points than Brian Hoyer. Um, that's that's what he's doing. He's dominating. Um, but the other thing, the other point to that is Brian Hoyer also faced Dallas in an incredibly negative game script. Brian Hoyer didn't do much in that game until the second half um, against Dallas. And then he played Detroit and Indianapolis, where those two defenses are the bottom two defenses, according to number fire metrics, against the pass. And that's schedule adjusted. So um, the matchup, too, Jacksonville, I think, gives up a decent amount of points to opposing quarterbacks. But um, when you adjust for strength of schedule, again, according to number fire metrics, um, Jacksonville actually has the eighth best pass defense so far this season in the entire NFL. Um, mm-hmm. So so I know that I just said a lot of bad things about Brian Hoyer where he's played easy opponents. He gets a matchup that looks decent on paper, but maybe it's a little bit more difficult than people realize. But with that being said, the over-under is pretty solid in this game. He's at home. It could be fairly high scoring because Chicago's defense is so bad. But I, I, I just – I'm not nearly in love with this situation as I as – I, you know, I – you know, in hindsight, process-wise, I really liked Brian Hoyer's situation last week against a really bad Colts defense than I do this week. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I think that he could put up 15, 16 fantasy points and get you by, uh, but I don't see the ceiling really this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the ceiling, and I'm a little, I'm a little scared of the floor here. Yeah. To, to be honest, I, this, this, this is why I would place, just personally, I would place Simeon above Hoyer this week, is because. I believe that with with Simeon's receivers, with likely game script, with everything, with that with that total, I think that he has a much better floor. And 
Jacksonville's secondary, uh, by a lot of measurements, including the one that you just talked about, is is better than decent. You know, they're they're they might be good. Mm-hmm. And Hoyer is whatever you think of him, he's probably still not able to, you know, <laughs> you know, slash and burn any secondary that comes along. So uh, I'm I'm a little I'm I'm timid on uh, on Hoyer this week. Yeah, and you know another guy that a lot of people have been talking about is Marcus Mariota. I'm not I'm not streaming him. I don't like him. Uh, look, he's had good matchups already this season. He's failed in them. And if you look at what he did last week, he only had 163 yards passing. He was just very fortunate to get 60 yards rushing in that rushing score and then three passing touchdowns. Those opportunities are are very there. The, like when when something like that happens, you know, I I, I even tweeted out uh, some t- some tables today that looked at wide receiver yardage versus uh, how many touchdowns they have and how many touchdowns they should have based on their yardage. Because if you think about it logically, yards, if you accumulate a ton of yards, then you're eventually going to score a touchdown, right? When you have 163 yards and you throw three touchdowns, that's kind of, you know, an alarm should go off in your head that, oh, this isn't a really normal game. Uh, And considering what Marcus Mariota has done uh, so far this season in some plus matchups, we mentioned Oakland earlier, um, I just I can't I can't feel confident about stringing him this week. No, it's his his you know his a dot is still very low. His uh, his uh, completion percentage is not great across the board. I I just I I can't I can't get with the head of an offense uh, like the Titans, which is not fan, it's not fantasy friendly except for save for the one guy the rb1 demarco murray so right. i think that he's safe he's safe no matter what happens in a game i mean he's just completely immune to game script at this point but um no i'm, I'm i just can't i cannot invest in mariota i i guess i would put him after hoyer mm-hmm. yeah i would too i mean look i mean he, i wouldn't i you know trust me guys he's not he's not on our list so don't don't take this the wrong way but the one thing that I'm kind of holding on hope for with Mariota this week is the fact that Cleveland's been gashed by the tight end position, and that's really the way that they throw the ball in this offense is through Delaney Walker. Problem is Delaney Walker's not playing enough tight end one snaps uh, because of that injury, that lingering injury, or, or, or so I'm assuming that's the case as, as the reason why. So if, if Delaney Walker's not seeing the field enough, I mean, sure, he could see eight, nine, ten targets very easily. Um, that's that's a little scary too. So the matchup's there for Delaney for sure this week, an amazing matchup, but I don't think that's enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to play Marcus Mariota as a, as a result. Yeah, Mariota has to score through Delaney because, I mean, I mean, just look around. What does he have? He has nothing besides right. besides him. Right. Uh, all right, Denny, two tight ends, and then we will hit the questions. Yeah. Why don't you talk about your tight end? Uh, so talk about your tight end a little bit, Denny. Well, I have been working out some, and <laughs> it is tightening. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it goes it goes well with the haircut. It does. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the haircut's better, trust me. The so Richard Rogers, we're gonna throw him out there again because it worked out beautifully in Week Five, uh, where he dropped a couple passes. He caught one pass for six yards. Um, really set the world on fire. Uh, Jared Cook style, I would say. I, I, but, did, did I forget to mention? Did I forget to mention Richard Rogers earlier when we went over Week Five? I think so. Yeah, Richard Rogers was another guy that we had, guys, but he decides that he doesn't like catching. He's allergic to, to catching touchdowns. I, ridiculous. So, okay, he had a, a the the matchup was great last week against the Giants. We talked about that. The matchup is great this week as well. Uh, I'm you know again 
that tight end position in the Green Bay offense is not going to be peppered with targets, but tight ends are seeing eight targets per game against the Cowboys who play the Packers this week. The, the Packers are at home, I believe, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the Cowboys have allowed 36 tight end receptions this season. Only Cleveland has given up more tight end receptions. So, you know, I think Rodgers looks very good, you know, probably from more from a PPR standpoint than anything else. And, uh, Cook, you know, Jared Cook uh, is still out. Uh, I would just, at this point, hope that they keep him out forever so that I don't have to, I, I can maintain some semblance of sanity here. Yes. But I'm, I'm going to be humiliated once again uh, in my Job-like existence and say Richard Rodgers. Boom. Uh, the other guy's pretty boring as well, Denny. I'm going to go with Chucky e. Clay. Um, he's played 92% of the team snaps the last two weeks, he's actually been about 90% over the last four weeks. Uh, last two weeks, he's been second on the team in targets with 12 playing against a 49ers team where the bills should see more plays, obviously, because the pace of the 49ers play at, um, but they already allowed tight end one games to Olsen that a tight end five game to Jimmy Graham and a tight end 13 game to Jason Witten. I think the matchups there for clay, his usage has been there. Um, the pace is there. So, I think you could you could definitely make a strong case that Clay has a great floor this week, which you can't say often about guys off the waiver wire. Or about Charles Clay pretty much ever. Yeah, exactly. All right, so to recap, Charles Clay, Richard Rogers, Brian Hoyer, Trevor Simeon, and Alex Lord Jesus Smith. And the defenses are Tennessee and Detroit. Denny, we got so many freaking – at one point I left my computer for like an hour and I came back and there were 101 notifications on the, on the uh, LTS account. So – so you, th- th- these these are random slash I tried to get some good ones in there uh, t- to make this as enjoyable as possible. And this podcast would be four and a half hours long. Oh, if totally. We, if, and I need if to we sleep. Did I need to get rid of this hangover. I need to sleep eventually. Uh, so this first one's from at YoungFrost77. What kind of hashtag locker room talk goes on behind the scenes of the podcast before you guys hit record? Oh, just the most heinous. Yeah, you guys wouldn't possible. even you guys would you guys would not listen to us if you listened to what we talked about before the podcast started. Right. I mean just just you'd just be vomiting everywhere. Your children would be crying, you'd be screaming and you'd tear your shirt open in 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 uh agony. It's just it's just awful. But no, it's mostly just uh so hey, how's it going? How'd the day go? Good. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's mostly just this is what we're going to talk about. Um <laughs> how's your family? That kind of I mean it's 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 Jason Witten talk. It's Jason Witten talk. Right. We talk about the grass. Talk about the grass. Talk about the grass a bit. Um, but it's it's good. Sometimes though that we get we start to like go down this this path of yeah. um of fantasy talk and we're like starting to tilt really bad and they're like, wait, wait, we gotta save it for the show. We gotta save it for the we the the, the, the phrase we've gotta save it for the show has come out of our mouths probably in, in 55% of the podcasts that we've recorded. Well, because we really, uh, there was a point, you know, it, it, early in, in the recording of the podcast where we felt like we were wasting the good stuff before we hit play. Right, right. <laughs> we but when we hit, when, look, I don't know about you, Denny, but when I hit play, I, I become, I, would go, I go from a robot to a person, right? I, I start I, to feel alive. Right, I become I become the take the takes haver. That's what right. I become. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly. And I'm j I just I I sit there and I let you have those takes. I just just let them let them come out. Go ahead. Uh, this next one is at Leo Kaliski Rivers or any of your streamers. Rivers is playing Denver on Thursday night, and I don't think I can play Rivers this week. I I think I would rather go with uh, Jesus and Simeon. 
I think I would go Alex Smith and Hoyer. Maybe not okay. Simeon. That's okay. just the split that we have with Simeon and Hoyer this week. Uh, next one, at Rejected Papers. He says, Carson Palmer was dropped in my 12-team league. Blow some fob or keep streaming. Also, do the Ravens become valuable now? All right, so Carson Palmer, I, I don't think it's necessary for you to think that he's going to be an every-week starter. I heard someone, I saw someone on Twitter say something kind of ingenious, which was regression back to Carson Palmer has been rough on Carson Palmer. Yeah, and right, right. Because, look, at before he had this great run in Arizona, I mean, he wasn't great. No, he look, he played, I mean, his efficiency was through the roof last year. It's Andy Dalton had the same situation where his, I mean, it was going to regress, and we're just, we just saw that at the beginning of the season. The other thing that I brought up on um, the Fan Vice show that I do with Evan Silva and why I was so afraid of anyone in that offense other than David Johnson on Thursday, obviously Larry Fitzgerald put up some numbers, but um, that offense is a high-variance offense because they throw the ball downfield so vertically all the time. So mm-hmm. when you do that, you're going to see a season where Carson Palmer puts up insane numbers and insane efficiency but that can turn around and bite you in the butt really, really fast. And I think that's just basically what we've been seeing with Carson Palmer this season. People's butts have been bitten. People's butts have been bitten because of that Bruce Arians offense. Also, he asks, uh, do the Ravens become valuable now? I think the answer, I think they're going to be more run heavy. Our Lord Lord Tressman got fired. So um, could, can you believe, look, like, I, look, we went through a phase, we all did, any fantasy analyst did, where like, we loved Mark Tressman so much. Like, we were so excited about Mark Tressman when he got to Chicago. But, like, Mark Tressman is a bad football coach, Denny. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was all about Tressman. Don't, don't even t- Google my name and Tressman at this point. But uh, if you want to maintain any respect for me that you might still have. But, yeah, no, it's not, he's not good. His approach is, becomes predictable. I think we saw that when he left Chicago. We saw a bunch of players say the, the other team knew what was coming. And I mean, yeah. same thing in Baltimore. Do you, the reason it worked the one year in Chicago is because anything can work when you have Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Uh, next one at bedtime 37, which by the way, his lat, he told us, he told us this, that his last name is story and bedtime was his nickname. So that's, where, <laughs> that's where, that's where this came from. And then he said, I was born in 1937, but that's clearly, clearly not the case. Um, but uh, he said Stafford, Eli, or one of the streamers this week. So Stafford gets L.A. Eli gets Baltimore. I'm staying away from that. Yeah, no. I would play Stafford, I think. Mm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, why did, why did everyone tweet me and say that, that they bench Stafford for Hoyer? Or for not for Hoyer, but for Anderson. For Anderson. Yeah, guys, whenever we give the streaming recommendations, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be playing certain starters that you have on your team. But, although we might have talked about Stafford a bit. Um, last week in the questions, I, I mentioned though on the show, if I recall that I wasn't that, like, I thought that they were going to be able to move the ball against Philly. They, they did the first half. They certainly didn't the second half, but even still like that, that kind of discrepancy, um, you know, I think it was still was a a close call between those two. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think if you look at the process, but just, just, uh, this is a disclaimer. It doesn't have to do with that specifically, but if we're recommending a quarterback, it doesn't mean like. Yeah, we're recommending you play Alex Smith. Don't start Alex Smith over Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like, don't, don't do that. Yeah, no, our picks are. Yeah, the the, the picks are not saying, uh, you know, if this person is available, then get him and start him. That's not what mm-hmm. what that means. 
this next one is at LG Zorro. In honor of the fire start by Marvin Goat, can we please, please, please have the fire intro for tonight's pod? I think we should. Okay. All right. So this is what I'll do. You guys will feel, hear the fire intro at the start of the podcast, and you're not going to understand why you heard that fire intro until this very moment. There you go. Also, Marvin Goat, Marvin Jones is the goat. Denny, hey. do you know who has the most receiving yards in the NFL right now? Uh, Jeremy Curley. Marvin the Goat Jones. Oh. Uh, this next one is from at Knuckle Pop. We had Ross Thane. He, he put a... Uh, a photoshopped image of a guy asking a question at the presidential debate and it says Ross Thane and it has the living the stream logo and it's, it's, it's well done. Uh, and this, this guy in the background has a, has a speech bubble. Like he's thinking something and says, please don't ask a Jason Witten question. <laughs> uh, but he says, good evening, JJ and Denden. Would you please name one positive thing that you respect in one another? Taking, uh, taking something from the debate itself, the last question. Right, where some uh, some uh, undecided voter uh, in, in all of his uh, glory said, uh, please say something nice about each other. And um, so what would I say nice? I would say one, th- one thing nice. I'm going to have to really think about this. I, uh, I got mine for you. I think that it's great when you don't tweet. I, you know what? I'll, I will take that. I have to say that your Facebook political hot takes, dude. Have, by the way, that have was gotten, done. Have gotten hotter. Have gotten hotter, and I appreciate them. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate you, Denny. I. I will. I will say this. I low key love your Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe you said it on air. Yeah, yeah I said it on air. Yeah, I may. I, I may or may not have written that that last uh, political post after that sangeet that I was at on Friday night when I saw everything going down with Trump. And was, I could tell by I could tell by the caps lock. Yes, yes, exactly. I was like, was, ooh, that's, yes, some, was, that's But some. I read it the next morning, and I was like, man, this is pretty coherent. I'm gonna keep this up. No, it, no, no, no. It was totally coherent, but I just saw the caps lock, and I was like, that is that is some some drunk caps lock right yeah, there. Yeah, like like uh, yes, yes, totally. Uh, next one is at HRR five zero one zero. Any of these quarterbacks a hold for the rest of the season? Mariota, Jesus Smith, Hoyer, and Winston. Um, no, no quarterback in that list is a is a hold. How many quarterbacks are holds, Denny, for the rest of the season? Um, Brady, Brady, maybe maybe Ben, but I don't even think that we can put him there because we've seen we we know that he's had really good matchups recently. He's played at home. Uh, like, Matt Ryan, Cam. Cam. There's like, Maybe. there's like four or five. Uh, next one at DSN DLR. He says have have he says have CD Carter thirteen rank the following playoff baseball regular season NHL and a boring NFL game. Um, look at regular season. Anything except for NFL is excruciating. Okay, so, so regular season NHL is last. Yes, because you know it's like you. You watch your guys play play a, some game in what? When does hockey start? October. Yeah. Late October. So you, you know you you watch them play. Let's say the fifth game of the season, and they lose in overtime in crushing fashion. And then you realize eh, it doesn't really matter because the season's so damn long. So yes, that's that is the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. I I can watch it from you know like the seventh inning stretch on. I can I can do that. Yeah. And then a boring NFL game would be the the top there. Well, yeah, but yes, obviously a boring NFL game because I probably have some fantasy interest in it. And this is 
the thing that the league is I don't know if they fully recognize that they that their their ratings would drop off the face of the planet right. if uh, if us degenerates were not watching the Cardinals 49ers exhibition game in early October uh because we're we're tilting into oblivion about freaking David Johnson or whatever. Right. Last night, the same deal. I mean, that was an awful game. Just an awful game to watch. Um, but we were watching it because of Adam Humphreys. We were watching it because of Cameron Artis Paint. We were watching it because of guys who don't matter and otherwise don't matter. I mean, in the context of, you know, superstars in the league, um, I'm sure they're great people. But, but we look, the ratings were already really, really low. I can't even imagine how bad they would be if fantasy football didn't exist. I mean, look at, you know... People have turned off the games because they were they are sick of Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the during the national yes. anthem. Yes. Okay, that obviously, obviously, there's evidence for that. Yes. This next one is at Stefan Laco. He says, "What do we do about Forsett joining the Lions?" Don't freak out. I mean, people are freaking out about Riddick. I think Riddick's role is fine in that offense. I do too. I think that Forsett's worth a worth a flyer off the waiver wire if he's out there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really, you know, the only reason that they signed him really is because of Dwayne Washington's injury. And that's so sad because I I was so into Dwayne Washington. Oh my God. You were so part of Dwayne Washington Twitter. Oh my God. I was so tilting. Uh, next one at IMA one or LMA one, uh, it says is fantasy football just part of the matrix that makes us miserable, thus making the matrix believable as reality. The Matrix runs on misery, and therefore, fantasy football is a key cog in the Misery Machine, which Misery Machine is my Cure cover band we're performing next weekend at the local <laughs> bar. Um, <laughs> but yes, that, that is correct. Uh, this is a good one. This is at JT Cookie. says, I need Denny's takes on Q-tips. Uh, I believe this uh, person asked for my Q-tips take the other day, and I forgot to answer. <laughs> wow, this person really wants to know your Q-tips. <laughs> this is so great that you would ask again. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's like, he's like falling asleep. His wife is next to him, and he's like, he's like mumbling. He's like, why didn't he answer my question? Why didn't he answer my question? His wife's like, what question, honey? Denny's not talking about Q-tips on Twitter. <laughs> I can't believe like I did. Tilting beyond belief about Q-tips in his bed. Oh, uh, driving, driving to work the next day, and he's like, "I can't believe that fucking guy didn't answer my question about Q-tips." <laughs> Why uh, didn't he talk about the Q-tips? Uh, okay, we we I, we you know what we've talked about ba- the lie of big Q-tip. Q-tips were not even meant to clean ears. Uh, uh, technically, my doctor has told me not to use. Yes, them. It's, they're really bad. Coming from a person with look, we talk. God, we we talk about way too much detail. But talk, coming from a person who has awful ear canals, you can, you should not be. I I have to go to the to the. We talked about this the one yeah. time. How I have to get them cleaned every six months, and they always say. Don't use Q-tips. They, they they block things up more. They make it worse. They push they push the the wax back into the ear, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so so yeah, this is the the big lie, the big lie of big Q-tip. But though you'll keep spending your money on them, and I do too, because you know why? Because when your ear really itches, there's nothing better than just yeah. taking a Q-tip and do you, do, do and you know? Do but do you do you ever get the ear itch where like you start to itch it like pretty deep, and then it just it gets like. 
exponentially like you need to you need to itch it so much more and then like you just itch it and then all of a sudden you're just you're just gushing blood out of your you know i'm just kidding that's not happening but you're but but you're you just you just keep itching and then you're like wow that's why my dog does this all the time right no i mean you end up uh i don't know if this happened to you you end up uh with a uh a, a clothes hanger you know and you unfold <laughs> it and you just you know jam it into your ear and it's coming out the other the other ear then. the other end and you're like oh this is fine um <laughs> Oh, uh, real quick. One time, I, so I had a phase in college where I swam, but not for fun, just for pure, ridiculous, uh, miserable exercise. Uh, and um, I got some sort of like con- congested, like clogged ear uh, canal. I had to go to the doctor, and they had to take this instrument of instrument of death and stick it in my ear to 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 unclog the situation. Yeah, and it hurt. It hurt so bad, and the the, the nurse was like, "This is this is gonna hurt," and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, I'm... you're like, "This is fun." And she and she put that thing in my ear, and I I actually just started weeping. I just like I screamed <laughs> and I started weeping. I was like, "Oh, that hurts so bad. Oh, why did you do that?" Oh. Oh, it hurts so bad. Yeah, ear problems are not good. Not not fun. Uh, this next one is at the ghost pasta. What should I do with Brandon Cooks and Latavius Murray moving forward? Thanks ahead of time. Love the hashtag brand. All right. Latavius Murray. I'll say this about Latavius Murray. He's not usable right now because no one in that backfield is, but the fact that no one stood out last week and actually they, they played poorly, uh, against San Diego in a plus matchup, I think is, is actually a good thing for Latavius Murray. If you, weren't able to get rid of him earlier in the season when he clearly wasn't playing enough snaps. Yeah, I mean you can't do anything with him. You mean there's no point. Don't drop him and right. and, and don't don't you can't trade him. What are you going to trade him for? Who who is going to receive Latavius right. Murray? And then and then Brandon Cooks, look, he played Desmond Trufant and he had Jason Verrett coverage, uh which we learned Jason Verrett was playing on it on one knee. Um but he look. Brandon Cooks is a player who disappears in in tough matchups because he's not physical. He's not a true number one. He's not physical enough to really beat those good corners. Fortunately for him this week, he's at home where he dominates because uh, Breeze dominates as well. At home, terrible corners for for Carolina. I think Brandon Cooks is a phenomenal, phenomenal play this week. I think he puts up. I'll say. I'll, I think Brandon Cooks is a top ten wide receiver this week. I can't I can't disagree and and you're right. I mean you're not you're not going to plug Brandon Cooks in and 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 expect you know in a in a PPR league you're not going to expect 20 fantasy points every week. It's just it's not going to happen right. with him. Right. Next one is at Jim Calu. He says Julio at Seattle or John Brown versus the Jets. Easily Julio. Yeah, got to go. I oh, mean I know Julio's pissing you guys off, but you cannot bench Julio. Uh, next one, at one DeFool Gemini, Jesus, rest of season, Jesus Smith or Joe Flacco. If you just had to answer a rest of season question, who would you pick? Uh, Alex, for sure. Yeah, me too. Next one, at M9VC Vegas, one pumpkin-sized latte or 13 latte-sized pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh god, that's a that's my nightmare. One pumpkin sized latte. A pumpkin sized Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, one would be easier. Uh this is actually a really good a really good tweet from at Eddie underscore straight. He says, Are Harambe memes a sell high? Uh I mean if you're talking like three months ago, maybe. 
Yeah, it's kind of going away, right? Yeah, I mean, these that's what that's what happens with these things, well, you know. Crying Jordan, I thought was going to be around a lot longer. I would like, like, I, it was around forever, but I thought that it would still be, and it does, uh, you know, it's still out there, but it's very, it's not as as common anymore. Crying, crying Jordan ha- had a great run. It, it, it had as long a run uh, in this, you know, uh, attention deprived culture that a meme can have, and. Harambe had a good run. Now it's Ken Bone. Ken Bone will be uh, <laughs> Ken Bone will be an unknown thing within two weeks. Uh, you say I love how you say Ken Bone. Like it, you say it like it's one. Like like it's a. It, there's no space between his names. Like Ken, Ken Bone. Yeah, it sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, this next one is at Kalik eighty eight. Help me. My entire team has died. I sit on the corpse of Doug Martin, Dante Moncrief, and Sammy Watkins. Tell me who to add. Uh, look, there's a lot of waiver wire columns you can find on Number Fire. My 15 transactions column has that too. But trust me, your team is not is not any more dead than a lot of teams that people have out there. If it, if it makes you feel any better at all, I mean, I I have a team, Denny. I lost Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, Eric Decker, and Jeremy Langford. Mm. It was my only Langford share, which That's is good. Tough. But like, man, it's 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 rough out there, man. I gotta say the the morbid nature of our listeners' questions really is uplifting to me. Thank you, mm-hmm. guys. Yes. Next one is at Ahini Millennial. Wow. Yeah, I did that wrong. Should what? Fob be blown on Justin? What were you going to say? What is it? What, 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 don't uh, worry, but don't. don't uh, uh, Ahini Millennial. Okay. A W Hin E Millennium. Millennial, sorry. Should Fob be blown on Justin Forsett now that he is the Lions' starting running back? I mean, I I would I would throw a couple bucks. Couple bucks, I'm fine with that too. At stretch underscore field, maybe like maybe like seven to ten percent. Uh, at stretch underscore field, he says, is if Alex is Jesus Smith, does this does that make Brian the Hoyer spirit? Uh, the like the Holy Spirit. That's yes. a stretch. Yeah, he said buddy. asking for a friend. I think that's a stretch. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. We're not, and we're not even like that. And like the reason that Alex Smith is Jesus for those of you who don't know is that we're, we're not, um, um, mean towards religion. It's that when we were doing that, we were talking about Alex Smith one time and we were talking about the Konami code and how you can get these guys who run the ball, maybe 20, 30 yards a game, uh, that don't get enough love and you get, it's basically taking away an interception or a turnover. And I, I, I said, he's basically Jesus because he's doing these things that people aren't giving him, you know, enough credit for or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's he's doing all of these things. That's where Jesus came about. How it came about. We're also uh, we are also agents of um, the war on Christmas. So that's <laughs> right. why we yeah, make right. fun of uh, Alex Jesus Smith. Right. Exactly. Uh, this next one is at Fob Five Freddy. Besides DeMarco and Delaney, is there any gold to be mined among the Titans during the stretch of bonerific matchups? Um, no, I mean those. We just talked about that, actually. Yeah, we did. Uh, this next one is at uh, Justin Freeman eighteen Ocean's Eleven style heist. What are Denny and JJ doing to rob the casino? You're you're sitting there in a chair saying this is fine. Um, yeah, and right. I'm probably sitting there next to you in a chair saying this is fine, and we're probably both crying a little. Yeah, yeah. we're no, definitely. What? Guys, we're like the we're like the weakest men on the planet in terms of like 
like that kind of, like doing super manly like like yeah. things like robbing a, a casino no yeah we're not uh i i would say that we both be there uh crying uh thinking about calling the police to rat everybody out <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> exactly exactly at least we're self-aware that's good we don't right? we don't want to go to jail we just want to do our podcast yeah right right uh, this next one is at J underscore Madrid 11 thoughts on both Pittsburgh Steelers and Panthers Panthers being Pitt throwback jerseys, pure fire or atrocities. Denny, you probably didn't see Pitt Pitt's throwbacks, but they're awesome. They're I, like the, the, the old school Marino ones, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, oh, yeah, 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 they're sweet. Um, the, you know, the Steelers bumblebee yeah. jerseys and, and uniforms cause they have like the khaki pants. Yeah, you, oh, yeah are, right, right, right. Are you, I, are you I, a fan of that look or no? No, oh, God, it's it's just heinous. The only worse uh, jersey, uh, throwback jersey, is the, the Packers. It's just abomination. <laughs> I I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with the Steelers Bumblebee look. I know, I know you you like it. It's 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 objectively awful. Um, no, let's get out of here. I, I, I listen. I tried, and I'm sorry. I know you you probably have like 13 Bumblebee jerseys. Uh, I tried to make a joke with my grandfather. I I went over to my grandparents' house on uh, on Sunday. And I tried to make a joke about the the old school jerseys because they wore them last week, right? Yeah. Okay, but not the old helmet. They wore the new helmet, not new, but the traditional helmet. Yeah. Anyway, so I tried to, and and because he because he mentioned the jersey, and I said, "Yeah, those jerseys are what from like the 1930s or 40s." Yeah, from a while ago. And he was like, "Oh, I don't know." I said, "Well, that you played fantasy back then, right?" And he just sort of looks at me. He was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 re- okay. Sorry, Grandpa. I really, I really <laughs> thought you played fantasy in 1947. I'm my bad, my bad. <laughs> When you came back from the war, I thought you signed up for for a twelve team PPR league, right? For right, and and uh, drafted Otto Graham or whatever the hell, right? Right, yeah. Uh, this next one is at Beaver BKR. He says, "Trade the Garrett or Nah?" Which, by the way, the Garrett, like, <laughs> like it's, just, it's the best, the best. Like, was it Reeves who said that one? Tweet? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rich Rebar, who we we name drop all the time on the podcast because he's our 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 bestie. He uh, he tweeted he tweeted that Le Garrett trans is his French for the Garrett, the Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> which which is very true. And to your question, trading Legarrette Blunt, yes, I'm all about trading him right now because the offensive philosophy is completely different. In a positive game script, the most positive game script you can find, I know he had a hip injury, so maybe this has partially to do with it, but in a hugely positive game script, James White out-snapped Legarrette Blunt this past week. I you know, I think he's more of like a, uh, a an exaggerated, glorified Jeremy Hill in a way, where he's in a better offense, he'll have more scoring opportunities, he'll see early down work, but he's not going to catch a ton of passes right now. Jeremy Hill catches more passes than he does. Um, not going to catch a ton of passes, and I think the the touchdown work is just going to be unpredictable, and I don't like that in my fantasy assets. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 getting dark, dark days for the Garrett. Yes. Next one at Jeff underscore the underscore cat. Stream or car? Got to go car, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is at private Pookie. What's worse, being one in four or naming your kid after a sandwich? Oh well, I mean, if you're okay, if you're one in four and you also murder people for fun, 
then then it's <laughs> you're killing two. You're doing both of these. Things. Right. Then you're then you are probably worse than the people who name their children after sandwiches and then murder people for for for, for fun. By the way, I I want to say I'm I'm grateful to the several people in my mentions the past two weeks who have said who reminded me that it's only a commercial and to calm down. <laughs> Because I didn't, I didn't realize it was a commercial. I thought it was a documentary. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a TLC show that they were that that you got this information from. And so yeah, um, I, someone said uh, someone was like was like, dude, it's just a commercial. They're trying to sell sandwiches. And you're just you're just like, oh, I got I, it now. I'm like, uh, well, uh, I realize that. Uh, I also realize that it's still it's still terrifying, and we're having fun. Right. Like, wh- why can't, like, we watch fiction all the time through TV shows and movies, and we're still horrified by things. Why can't we be horrified by this thought of people naming their children after a chicken teriyaki sub? Right. I mean, the, the documentary uh, Dexter, which was eight seasons long, was <laughs> very disturbing. Right. Right. Uh, next one, at Fitz underscore 843. Have you actually tried the pumpkin spice flavor or are you just denouncing it on principle? Look, uh, Danny, I, before you get into it, I have to admit, I don't, I'm not, I don't mind the pumpkin spice flavor, but go yeah, ahead. I, I try to ignore that about you. Okay. I try yeah. to, I just get, it just, it, there are, there are times on this show, which I'm fine with. Cause I think it makes, it makes for a better hashtag brand, but there are times in the show where your thoughts and my thoughts become one thought. Uh-huh. And this is one of those instances. Same yeah. with I, same with IPAs, right? No, no, no. I truly hate IPAs. No, no, I know, and I'm saying that I don't mind IPAs. Oh, oh I see, I but, see. But but the the hashtag brand is a an anti IPA brand. It, it's oh. fine. Look, this is politics, right? This is how it works. I mean, you you conform <laughs> to a political party. Some things you might not totally agree with, but you're okay with it because it's good for the greater good, and that's fine. It's better for the brand. I get it, but. Go ahead, Denny. Do you do you uh, do you actually have you actually tried the pumpkin spice flavor? Yeah, yeah. No, I I used to I you know before I was woke uh, to what was happening <laughs> in October. I I I used to consume pumpkin spice like every other sheep, uh, all the other sheeple out there, like you, JJ. Uh, you know, it just kind of and then you know you drink your. <laughs> Your pumpkin spice, whatever garbage, and then you go about your day uh, completely blind to big, big pumpkin spice and all its evil. So yeah, I've had it. Uh, this next one is from at Phil Nance. He says, "Why don't you guys do more than one pod a week?" I think we've talked about this before. I mean, we'd like to. If you guys, if every listener would like to to give us money, then we can go ahead and do yeah, that. Yeah, maybe we'll start a fund. If you guys want to fund us, then maybe we would. Um, it's just a lot because we don't, this is not our full-time jobs, which is why we, we try to get it out as early as we can, but sometimes we can't get it out early enough for some people. Next one at DMAC underscore underscore 55 DAC or Romo. Give us your fire, fire, fire takes. Well, I said before the season that I hope that the best quarterback got a chance and I believe that he has, I don't understand why they're going to put old decrepit Tony Romo back into the starting lineup and they are going to do that because he's Jerry Jones's boy and he's going to die on that field in Dallas. I get it. Okay. He's going to go out a hero, but that's decision stinks. And that's that team is obviously much better with Dak Prescott. I, okay. 
Tony Romo, I've said this many, many times, he is the most underrated player of this entire era of football. The most underrated. He, his, his efficiency metrics are through the roof, yada, yada, yada. I do think, though, that there's something to be said about what Dak does for the running game and what this team wants to do on the ground where they're running that read option. The defensive end is, is, is confused. They, they, they lose that player, essentially, on the defensive side because of the threat of Dak. And I think that's a huge reason that Ezekiel Elliott, along with the offensive line, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's running through just gaping holes uh, through that offensive line. But I think that's a really, really big reason. With that being said, it wouldn't shock me, Denny, if there's some regression slash Dak doesn't perform maybe as well uh, in these next few games as he, as he has. Because he's been so freaking phenomenal, so good. He's been... He, he's he's been what Russell Wilson was his rookie year, really, mm-hmm. um, if not better. Um, and so, look, I, I love the story. I love the Dak-Zeke combo. I think it's amazing. Um, but I'm still such a Tony Romo apologist that I, 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 I can understand going both ways at this point. I, b- before last week, even, I was I was on Team Romo. But but thinking more about it and seeing what Dak can do to that for that running game, I can understand why they would stick with Dak rather than go. I know this is much more of like a – a political answer than what probably people wanted because they wanted me to spit hot Tony Roma fire. But I'm really, I'm really buying into Dak. I really am. Five, so five, you know, three to five years ago, Romo, I would be all about it. I, I, I just think that he, he, pred, Romo has always predicated his game on being elusive, hopping out of the pocket, doing kind of Favre esque things. And his old, old body can't do that stuff anymore. And we saw that as recently as the preseason when he tried to do what he used to do and, you know, ended up, you know, getting uh, another injury. So I I just I think that the, the future is obviously Dak and you're but you're going to just make a I don't know, some sort of weird stance on your old mm-hmm. quarterback who you know, whose time time is up, in my opinion, for Tony Romo. It's over. Can I also just throw out there, guys, that you're going to see a lot of takes on Twitter and and through uh, news outlets and articles and stuff that you read that the reason the Cowboys are are so good offensively or the reason that they're good again and that the defense is playing well is because of Zeke. It is not because of Ezekiel Elliott. It's because – like, how is this? How is this still happening when there people are looking at last year to this year? Okay, look at last year to this year. What is the biggest difference? If you say that it's running back and not quarterback, you are out of your damn mind. The out running backs were fine last year. Damn the running backs were fine. fine. They were fine last year. I'm not look. Ezekiel Elliott's very very talented, but the margin, the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and Alfred Morris is not that significant from a real football standpoint. Ezekiel Elliott's going to put up crazy numbers. Ezekiel Elliott's going to do amazing things. But the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and Alfred Morris is so much smaller than Dak Prescott and any quarterback they had last season, aside from Romo, obviously, that it's it's just not even a question as to why this offense and then, in turn, the defense is playing better. It's so obvious, but people aren't letting it be obvious because they want this fourth overall pick to mean something. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, Sorry, I, I had to get that off my chest so bad. Next one, at FF Goblin. Can Denny record a show from Arby's? Oh, my gosh. 
That would be something. That would be funny, wouldn't it? That'd be very, very good. If I if I like went up to the counter and was like, uh, "Hi, I'm Denny Carter from Living the Stream, and I'm here to order some animal flesh. Please, <laughs> please give me rotten animal flesh. Thank you." Uh, this last one, we'll do one more. Uh, I think that it's a good one to go out on. At Derek, not Derek. What does Jason Witten's locker room talk sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason, Jason Witten's locker room talk is something like, man, that girl was very pretty. She was very pretty. <laughs> right. I, I'm thinking even to the point of like, oh man, guys, you should have seen how crazy my trip to Home Depot was earlier today. Right. Right. And then he just get, he get, he see, he just talks about like the, the employees that he was working with trying to get this two by four cut the right size and. It yeah. just, it just, it, it's, it's, it's the most dad talk that you can find but, out but, there. But girl, girl wise, it would just be, girl, yes, it yes. would just be the most like mundane, innocent, uh, leave it to beaver type stuff. Be like her hair was yeah, so right, right, right. gorgeous. Did or, you, oh my <laughs> God, guys, did you see her face? <laughs> yeah, right. She, <laughs> right. <laughs> the, she had the longest eyelashes i've ever seen i mean they were just really really quite nice her makeup was subtle it's very nice very quite nice yes <laughs> oh man all right guys that does it for this week's episode denny why don't you let everyone know where they can find you oh at cd carter 13 on twitter and uh, we have a draftdayconsultants.com dfs newsletter if you'd like to check it out and I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on twitter at late round qb all of my work over on numberfire.com denny you want to get a milkshake? As long as it's not pumpkin spice. All right, I'll, I'll give in. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you in week seven. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, 